1: very warm welcome to the shackles are off we are keeping our promise of somewhat being regular i suppose Uh, that's the plan anyway for chris millard and james greg with you here on the podcast we're going to try and bring you some guests week in week out and we've got a couple actually completely different and random and actually the most weird little cocktail of guests i think that we've ever had um on a podcast together it's former england star um, and former professional cricketer lydia greenway she does lots of Uh, punditry and and commentary work now for TMS and Sky, and also the founder founder of the Barmy Army, Paul Burnham. Uh, It's completely random, but it's a really cool chat. So I hope you do stick around to that. They're talking about the fair break uh, tournament, which the Barmy Army obviously had a team in captain by Heather Knight last year. And um, I suppose, Chris, we've got to talk a little bit about the World Cup as well, because the World Cup is, uh, well, it kicked off at the weekend. But before we do all that, Barmy Army listeners and members, they might be kind of scratching their heads a little bit and wondering what's around the corner. What a time to go on the Barmy Army website because there's loads of cool events. Darts. Obviously, there's the Pakistan tour to come as well, which you're all heading out to. And if you want to hear about that, you can listen back to the podcast from um, a couple of weeks ago. And also the South Africa tour. Lots to go isn't,
2: at. Lots to go at. Isn't there just... I, you know when you're like make a Christmas list. This might be a little bit sad, but I've kind of created the Christmas list for a website in my head over the last kind of five years of running the Barmy Army. And finally, it's Christmas and Christmas has come. I've had my wish. I've got the website to die for. It's just a dream come true. It is beautiful. It is functional. It's transactional. It's the best thing that we've ever done at the Barmy Army in terms of technology, giving back to the members and people booking with us. We've, um, we've got this wonderful new website, as I've said, but even if you're not gonna book anything, just go on it, just to, just to get, the, um, get the hits up for me, just to feed in <laughs> my, um, my Christmas dream that's been granted by an early Christmas present, thanks to our partners at um, Gainline, who did the website for us, a Little <laughs> little nudge to them. Um, but no, in all seriousness, we've got so much coming up. Overseas tours this winter, not your usual big tours. However, Pakistan, 17 years since we've been to Pakistan and we are going in December. There's a few spaces left. finch will be there blowing his trumpet. Chuck will be there on social media. Matt Root's coming to the first test with the Barmy Army. It's just going to be a wonderful little um, three-week tour. Andy Thompson, the old tour rep, running the tour for us the best person you could ever wish to travel with. If you're traveling to Pakistan, he will look after you. He'll be looking after me. I'll be uh, right behind him, ex-policeman. He is the man to travel with if you're going anywhere um, near Asia. So, yeah, let, let us know if you can make it. If you can't, no worries. You can look ahead to South Africa or New Zealand. Also amazing tours. Obviously, South Africa going to two new places that we've not been to for a very long time, Kimberley and Blumfontein with a two-day stop in Cape Town for some T20 cricket in the new big Cape Town League. A lot of English players are going to be playing in that as well, tying that into the ODI series. So that'll be a lovely little 13-night trip to South Africa. If you can't make that, lo and behold, that you're that busy this winter, you can't do Pakistan or South Africa, you're going to have to come to New Zealand for two test matches in Mount Manganui in Wellington. Mount Manganui, one of the most special places on earth. Everyone that goes there, I think everyone that went there last time we were there is going back. It was that good. It is just one of the best places in the world. And um, if you go there or you have been there, you will um, testify to that. And um, then Wellington. So it's just going to be one special, special winter. Small tours, but amazing tours. Make sure you're part of it. If if you want any more information, reach out to the Barmy Army team or reach out to me, um, Chris Millard, on my email address. We'll be happy to help you. It'd be great to see you there. Greg, are you going to be there? No, I'm not. But I'm I'm tempted
1: by Mount Manganui, um, because Mount Manganui is one that, well, I mean, it was so well documented last time, wasn't it? I mean, it was kind of one of the first times I'd really seen it on social media because it was like the first tour when Instagram was properly a thing. Everybody was sharing pictures of it. It was all over our social media channels as well at the time. just looks absolutely exceptional. And by the way, I'll completely back you up on the fact that South Africa is just, I mean, fantastic. And the opportunity to go and watch England in Blomfontein as well. Uh, new grounds to tick off as well. And the, f- the fact that the Pakistan tour is... I mean, that that's going to be all I've said before. I said on the last podcast, I'm super jealous of you going to Pakistan because that is actually something that, as a cricket fan, you've not been able to do... Um, unless you you know, had some kind of way in to go and watch the Pakistan Super League. But it's just not mm. something that you've been able to do. And the fact that England are there and it's going to be such a special atmosphere, awesome. So that's that's good. That's good. A little bit closer to home, by the way.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is a lot closer to home than New Zealand, but it's still a bit of a way. <laughs> if you want to come even closer to home, I can't believe it, but I missed the darts at the Ali Pali. Barmy Army, we're just sampling something. We're trying to dip in our toe into darts. We've managed to secure some tickets at the Alley Pally. With a little event beforehand, we're going to have a darts tournament before we venture, just to warm you up before we venture to the evening session at the Alley Pally, Friday the 16th of December. Should be a really good night. Uh, we don't know how it's going to go. Barmy Army and darts, let's just see how we go. But if you can't make it at all this winter, please um, please feel free to join us at the darts again on barmyarmy.com and have a chuck of an arrow in a... Two pint pitcher.
1: It's very barmy army, like very very barmy army. I've been to the darts. It's great, so good. If you've got the if you've got the opportunity and you've got the dates available to go, book yourself on. It's honestly, it's gonna be so good like, that
2: live podcast, Greggy, live podcast at the darts. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we'll be able to hear ourselves think um <laughs> or speak or be able to speak. Uh, Chris. Um, we want to talk about sixes as well, don't we? Producer Chuck, unmute yourself, reveal yourself, please, because there's a new sixes that's opened and you've sampled most of them. So uh, tell us about the one that you went to the other day at Shepherd's Bush.
0: Uh, yeah, I would say I'm a bit of a sixes connoisseur nowadays, um, and pick of the bunch is the new one in Shepherd's Bush. Um, it is cricketing heaven. I've described it in the last few days since being there. Um, there's screens everywhere with obviously the World Cup on, if it's not it's some old game with the highlights on the second the World Cup game's finished uh, they've got sixes parallel, they've got their own beer now um, has, has a bat on the glass and then Annette, so you, you can have a hit, you can watch cricket um, and, and drink cricketing beer, so I mean, <laughs> if that's not paradise I don't know what is um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you are like a cricket badger, so that is like that does fit, <laughs> isn't it? That Chuck's like quite a quite a sixes individual. I can imagine him like literally being there, lunch, breakfast, and well, dinner.
0: It's interesting you say that, Greg. I actually went with my uh, other half, okay, um, who's not much of a cricket fan, and she was absolutely loving it in the nets. Um, they've got. About six different levels now. I think when I, when we first went, me and you, Chris, last year, it was about three or four. So there's, there's literally you can do beginners for for people who like her haven't picked up a bat before. She was loving it. Gave me a good hiding as well. Um, <laughs> I was up on, I was up on club level, I think, which I mean is more like Shane Warne bowling at you. It's ragged everywhere. <laughs> But um, yeah, literally, and in the in the nets next to us, there's loads of kids uh, and so on having a go. So it's literally for everyone. Um, it, it is just for everyone, just like myself. It
2: is for everyone, but I'm barred. <laughs> why? Why are you barred? I've um, I've mastered it. I'm too good for it. Oh, uh, here we go. Well, That's not true because well,
0: yeah, I've seen <laughs> that's- that. Well, factually incorrect. That
2: no, I am honestly. I spoke to Callum who owns sixteen. Says you can't come back, mate. You just. Um- you just beating the machine. You well, that's not creepy.
1: true. Do you remember when I, by the way, do you remember? This is, I don't ever get to gloat too often about cricket. You do all the time, Chris. So, enough of that, right? On this podcast, I never get the chance. And last time out, Adil Rashid at Lords was facing the Lords and bang, straight over his head for six. And I've got video proof of that as well. At Lords, <laughs> isn't every single clip at Lords? I think so. But it's still, <laughs> it added to the
0: feng shui, Adil Rashid at Lords. So, there you go. <laughs> Um, just to say though, they are showing every single World Cup game. I watched the Afghanistan game in there, England given my hiding. Uh in Manchester, Birmingham, and now four venues in London. And book now at sixescricket.com. Um beautiful. Honestly couldn't think of a better place to watch the World Cup. I'm gonna book out up with my with my mates for next week. So yeah, get on
1: Thank down there. Quality. And on that nice Af- one, Chuck. on that Afghanistan match. Yeah, nice one, Chuck. Thanks very much, mate. Thank you very much. Um on that Afghanistan game, I watched it, and I've got to say, Afghanistan weren't very good, but it was quite a nice one for England just to gently feed themselves in because everyone was chatting pre-match, including the players, by the way. Alex Hales has got any team in it with, with with Rashid Khan. Oh, they're a good old team. And I was thinking, why we we never talk about other teams like this usually, but it was like an air of, we're just getting our excuses in early but they got over it. So that was fine. And also what I should say is Chris, is that England play Ireland at five o'clock tomorrow morning uh, as we record this. So when you are listening to this, you are probably listening to it after England have played Ireland. Um, And I promise you that we have not recorded this podcast now, just in case. Ireland do manage to beat us because it's happened before at a World Cup. So we don't want it to, well, we don't want it to happen again. We just don't.
2: But, you know, no. there you go. I'm confident, Greggy. I'm not I'm not worried about that one, you know. I know they've got, they battered the West Indies, a bit of the player, but come on. I think we've got far too much quality for the old, our old friends across the pond. Who I, mm. I do like um, Irish cricket, lovely set up, lovely people. Um, but I do think we're going to have too much firepower for them tomorrow morning.
0: It's raining like, Manchester and Melbourne at the moment anyway. Absolutely.
2: Is it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Every day, all day. So, could be a soggy one.
1: Well, it could be a soggy one, you're right.
0: Um, Let's set your alarm clocks,
2: folks.
1: Yeah, well, Chuck's up doing the social media, so <laughs> there we have it. He's got to be up. If I if I don't fancy it, I'll just turn over and go back to sleep. But I might, I probably will, probably will get up for that one. They also, can we just quickly, before we end and we get into Lydia Greenway and Paul Burnham, India-Pakistan What a game for them, first of all, head-to-head in the Super 12s, their first games at this tournament. But what a match. Like, unbelievable. What a finish it was as well. When a Pakistan posted that total, I thought, oh, it's going to be easy. And then they they got straight on top of India. And then Virat Kohli, as much as it pains me to say it, well-battered, sir. Well-battered. He was exceptional.
2: Mm, He was. Yeah. I mean, I watched highlights back yesterday and it's, yeah. There was... Those games require big players. And one thing you can say about Virat Kohli is he is a big game player. And he was that day. And fair play to him. And hats off to our friends at the Barrett Army who were there enjoying the moment. There was plenty of them there. So um, absolutely hats off to India. Hopefully, we'll um, see them at some point in the competition and hopefully in the final.
1: Absolutely. There we go. Right. That is enough from Chris and I for this week's episode of the Shackles Raw podcast. Well, joined by two very special guests on the podcast today. Um, one, perhaps a bit more special than the other. Sorry, Paul. I don't mean that really. I've got Paul Burnham, one of the founders of the Barmy Army, and also Lydia Greenway, international cricketing legend. And I think we were just working out just a minute ago, weren't we, before we came on, I think the third or fourth um, of those uh, famous women's players uh, that we've got on the Shackles or our podcast. So thank you so much for coming on, um, Lydia. Yeah. Um, I suppose we'll just kind of let the chat free flow a little bit. But Lydia, um, what are you up to at the moment? Busy times, I suppose, because it just never stops the cricketing treadmill at the moment.
3: (laughs) Yeah, there's always something, isn't there? Um, No, to be honest, obviously, the the summer was so busy um, just with everything going on. Um, women and men's cricket which, which was brilliant um, and so this is actually a, a quieter time of year um, the last couple of years I've gone out to coach in the Big Bash but um, we've just decided to to have this side of Christmas at home which has been quite nice actually just to um, yeah chill out for a bit and and look ahead to to what's happening next year lots of always lots of good stuff to look forward to
1: yeah definitely and look i think the, the the franchise game in in the women's game has just been amazing actually it's been so good it's actually captured a lot of people's sort of attention um with with not just the 100 but also the big bash like you mentioned and a lot of clamor for a women's IPL as well lots of <laughs> clamor by the way so i'll get straight into that actually if you don't mind um that would be quite something, wouldn't it? And you might actually know a little bit more than us, um, whether that's happening or not, or whether it looks likely.
3: Yeah. I mean, it will be amazing because we've been calling for it since, you know, pretty much when the women's big bash league came in. Um, It just makes sense for India to try and do something similar. Um, And obviously it's just taken a while for it to get off the ground. I know they've had, The women's challenge cup which has taken place the last I I want to say three or four years but that's just been when it started with two teams over in India um, and it was more of an exhibition then I think they increased it to three teams Um, but again it never really um, expanded into what we now think is going to happen which is the women's IPL I think the rumours are that five teams um, are keen to take on um, a women's squad, which is, is obviously fantastic. Um, and I, I think that will will mean um, challenging times for everyone else in the world game, because India, I think have got potential then to just really break away as we've seen Australia do.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the thing in terms of, how the Australians have done it. And this is going to break Paul's heart a little bit, but in a a really good way though, because actually you look at, Chris and I have spoken about this parity quite a lot between men's and women's sport in Australia. It's probably about as close as it gets, isn't it? In terms of round the world, how they treat women's game of cricket or AFL or whatever it is, And then, you know, men's get both treated exactly the same, which is well, not not quite. But, you know, I mean, it's getting there and it's probably about as close as you see anywhere else in the world. So from 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 your experience, having coached in in the Big Bash and being in and around it, et cetera. What do they do differently that we don't do here and what they don't do in anywhere else in the world?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's. There's the things that you can control and the things that are out of your control. The one thing that Australia have always had and will continue to have is the climate for it. I think whenever there's a big bash game, it's often on in the evening. It's a lovely evening. um, And, you know, it's part of... It's ingrained into how they live their life. Um, Whereas, you know, for us, it might be, okay. well, let's go to the pub because it's raining. Um, Whereas I think for Australia, just naturally... They have, um, they have those types of things that just make it that bit easier. But I think in terms of what they've done well, um, for me, it's simple. They've invested in um, a really good domestic structure. Um, they didn't just, I think when I look back to how England's journey has gone with the women's game, we did it the other way around. So we invested right at the top um, back in 2014, um, the ECB invested a load of money at the top end of the game and made, I think there were 18 of us who were professionally contracted. Um, Paul will probably me- remember that because that, that just after that, we had a test match against India um, and the wheels well and truly fell off them because we were made professional. Everyone expected us to win. I know Big G was there with his trumpet and having a bit of a sing-song supporting us, but that really um, showed that if you want to be successful over the long term, then you have to invest at the domestic structure. And that's what Australia have done. They made all of their domestic players pretty much professional and created the platform that is the Women's Big Bash League. I think it's in its eighth season now. Mm. And then from that, those players have progressed up to international level. And, And we're just about getting there. We've got a new regional structure in place at, some of your listeners might be familiar with Um, and obviously the 100 as well which is has been great I know for the the fans of the longer format it's it's a bit of a a marmite but I think for the women's game certainly and I know Paul um, agrees with this um, is that for the women's game it's just been a a phenomenal platform.
1: Certainly I mean that's the thing right nobody you can have your own opinion on the 100 in terms of the men's, but I've got to say, I've spoken to a lot of people who really don't like the hundred and what it's doing to the men's game. But if you say to them, yeah, but it's really good for the women's game, they go, yeah, it's yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, so actually I think even your most staunch critic of the hundred will Admit because you there's no other way, is there? I mean, it's got so many eyes on screens and bums on seats and people talking about it. It's been fantastic for that. How do you two know each other, by the way? So, was this at the fair break that you two got to know each other, Paul, Paul and Lydia? It
4: was an amazing experience, it really was. I mean, the the aim of fair break is to address the differences in in pay, um, the quality of play, and the opportunity between the men and the women's game in cricket. And um, it's privately run by a by a group of Australians funnily enough um, but they are broadening the the management structure for want of a different phrase to um, perhaps a few a few others from maybe the from the from the UK etc so it's it's a global world to, uh, concept but it's been started in Australia by a guy called Sean Martin and it's been his dream for for many years quite a character isn't he uh, Lydia
3: yeah, he is. And he's he's had this vision for a long time to get the tournament off the ground. I think they've been, I mean, I don't know the exact number of years, but it has to be a good five or six years. They've been trying to get it off the ground. And it was amazing to be involved in, actually. Um, so I was head coach of the Barmy Army team and Paul and I met at the hotel. And it was a bit of an unknown as to how the tournament would go because we had players, from associate nations. And then we had, as Paul has mentioned, we had the England captain Heather Knight playing. Um, And so for those girls from the associate nations, it was an amazing experience. But I think it also helped the established players understand actually how hard it is for some of these players from the associate Mm. nations, countries like Rwanda, Vanuatu, Brazil. They don't have the resources and the facilities that England and Australia have access to, but they have so much talent. So, yeah, the fact that Fairbreak obviously got it off the ground, but then having the Barmy Army involved was amazing because all the players in our squad were so pleased to be picked in the Barmy Army team. Um, And I know that other players were really envious of it as well, just because of, obviously, the the reputation that the Barmy Army has. And, um, yeah, we had a few characters in there to, to match it.
1: Oh, good. That's good.
4: Well, yeah. Tara, Tara <laughs> Norris, um, Tara Norris pens, pens a very good tune.
3: Yeah. And sings yeah. a
4: good song. So she she plays for the US, but is uh, very much an English background. I think she's born in the UK, wasn't she? Or yeah. I, don't, I
3: don't know.
4: Yeah. Okay. But it's good fun, wasn't it? Really good fun.
1: Okay. And what's the what's that, what's the crack with that then? So going forward, we're going to see more of those of those types of events. You yeah. Know, how's it, it going to work, Paul?
4: It, it's very much a movement. Um, that's how it's described, and, and if you're part of it, so Lydia and I are both called fair breakers, if you like, which is quite a clever play on the term. So everybody that was involved in the project in Dubai, of which there were there were 90 players, but there were also an awful lot of admin staff. You know, the top umpires, the top referees. Um, they didn't hold back with regards to who they invited from the various countries, and the and the objective is to keep it moving. So they're off to. Hong Kong for the, between the 3rd and the 16th of April next year. And then the plan is to go to the USA, I think to Houston in either September, or October, if they can get, um, you know, the background sponsors in place, which is obviously a, a prerequisite of running this is to make sure that they have the funding to, um, to yeah. obviously pay everybody um, and to make sure that the main objective, i.e. that the differences in pay between men and women in cricket is addressed, which is really what what Sean's dream is, I guess.
1: Lydia, I mean, when you started playing, talk us through actually your kind of journey into starting. Because every player, men's or women's, South African, Australian, English, whatever, right? Everybody has a different route in. Mm. There is no one way to to get into being a professional cricketer. It, obviously, it was more difficult for you. Um, you were only made. Professional in that big crop, like you said, 2014, when the central contracts were handed out, which was obviously really welcomed and everybody's loved it. And, you know, the England team since is, is, you know, people are watching and people are talking about it and people are enjoying it. And there's so much coverage, you know, Test Match Special and on Sky as well. It's fantastic.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: From But you didn't have that. So as a 14-year-old Lydia Greenway now, you'd have been able to see Danny Wyatt, Heather Knight, etc., Sophia Dunkley playing. Mm. on Sky, you'd have been able to flick the radio on and listen to a T20 match as part of a series, or etc. right? Middle of the night. Um, but for you, you didn't have that. So I'm, I'm a bit intrigued as to what kind of lured you in uh, to cricket and how you got going.
3: Yeah, I think it's... I think sort of my generation, there was only really one type of female cricketer. Um, and that was a young girl who didn't mind Playing boys or men's cricket because the brutal reality was there wasn't any sort of setup to get involved playing with your peers, i.e., girls' teams or women's teams. Um, and my dad, he was a, a good club cricketer and um, played for a, a club in Kent called Hayes, and that's where I along with my brother and sister we spent our weekends there which so many listeners will be familiar with that when you you're up at your local cricket club you're just running around freely causing all sorts of um problems but but then at the same time I found myself in the nets a lot trying to practice and and do what my dad was doing um I just remember all the the small things within the game. Like I used to love the sound of the spikes on the the pavement or in the car park when one of the players might have been nipping out from the changing room to go to his car. And I just loved that sound. And when I got my first pair of cricket spikes, that was amazing. Um, And so I think I just got a love for the game through being at my local cricket club. And I only played boys and and men's cricket growing up. And then eventually there were enough of us, Uh, me and my sister and and my best friend. We set up our own women's team um, and, you know, we were awful, as in diabolical. We roped in my mum, my godmother, anyone who would make up the numbers for our our first match. And I think we bowled our um, opposition out for something like 29 runs. And we thought, oh, my God, we're in here um and then by the end of the match we'd been bowled out for 20 runs so it was a (laughs) a bit of a a shock to the system but yeah that was my entry into the game and in terms of role models obviously it was my dad it was what I saw on the television it was Marcus Trescothic. um I was a left-handed batter Adam Gilchrist who I'd absolutely loved watching um and I guess you you don't know any better do you really what you're presented with you just accept it but I yeah. think now as you say when you see all these female players on on the screens and on the airwaves it's um, it's a great time for a, a young girl to be playing the game and um, I'm so pleased that you know it doesn't just have to be a girl who can cope with playing men's and boys cricket it can now be a girl who doesn't want to do that but they want to play with their own peers it's it's much more um I guess, yeah, it's evolved a lot more now, which is is fantastic.
0: Yeah,
1: so it's certainly um, a lot more accessible, isn't it? I mean, I've noticed yeah. that. I mean, when, when I was playing junior cricket, what, 15 years ago, it was kind of like, well, there wasn't a girls' team. And occasionally, like you say, you know, you'd play against a team who had a girl bowling at you and and, and actually, yeah. you know, there was that whole, you know, the chat amongst 15-year-old <laughs> lads not wanting to get out and all that kind of stuff, you know, if you're, if you're yeah. honest. And invariably, actually, you know, the girls that you played against were really good because they kind of, you know, in a weird way, they probably knew that they had to be to be kind of taken seriously. But actually, I've noticed since sort of dipping back in into like the cricket clubs I played at, which were only small up in Sheffield, but yeah, completely um, changed. You know, they've got big, big programs and big structures, et cetera. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's much better, much better big things Becky, with, with the fair break what you've just said
4: there with regards to regional cricket in the UK, the fair break things. So somebody like Henrietta from Rwanda. I mean, the first ball she bowled um, for the Barmy Army, she bowled out um, the top girl from the, uh, I can't remember what team it was yeah. but the Australian yeah, girl. Think,
3: yeah. Yeah, that was
4: yeah. her first ball. I think I think Chuck picked that up on social media. That was brilliant. But brilliant. isn't it great that someone like Henrietta hasn't got to wait for another, you know, 10, 15 players to make a team that then has to go through the process of the ICC. It won't be in her lifetime. No, Whereas okay. what Fairbreak has done is given her a chance to come to show her skills as an individual cricketer amongst, um, you know, a group, a group quite often in a similar
3: position, the two girls from
4: Brazil, for example. You Fantastic. know, Roberta and Lara, what a great opportunity for them to play. And that's that's really the difference. That's what Fairbreak is all about compared to um, some of the other, you know, T20 tournaments that are out there. So it's... Uh, nice to hear that story yeah
3: and I think as well the other the other aspect to it was we had one session with a lot of the girls it was optional and they could come along and chat about the journey that they'd been on Um, and I think for us in England and other places like Australia we're we're okay because we we know the journey we're going on we know what everyone else is going through, but these girls were are going through this journey on their own most of the time um and so some of the conversations that we had um Selena Solman actually from the from Venuatu, which is one of the Pacific islands she was amazing because she actually got quite tearful because she said she's never met other people who are going through what she's going through some of the mm. barriers that female cricketers in those countries and what they have to go through and so even that just we were sitting in a in our team room having a, a cup of tea and just sharing stories it was yeah it was um yeah pretty humbling to be honest
1: amazing well, if you want to check it out, I've just got the website up and it's it's got loads of information, some really cool videos that I'm going to watch in a, just a moment. Actually, it's fairbreak.net um, for those listening to the podcast um, to have, check that out. And I mean, you pretty much heard a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. And I would yeah, add with that, Greg, is that, to, um, some to, to the, more, yeah,
4: yeah. The Barmy Army social media followed that tournament brilliantly. Um, yeah. in Dubai, yeah. and they will do the same in Hong Kong. Um, there is openings for sponsors, whether somebody was, um, had enough money to sponsor one of those other five teams or to yep. be involved with us, there's opportunities. And if people wanted to go, I, I saw a thing in the paper the other day that there are an awful lot of um, flights available to go to Hong Kong. They're dishing out a lot of free flights to get over there to try and um, kickstart their tourism business again. So you know, keep your eyes open with that. Go onto our website there are people that want to come over in um, in April, just before our season really starts here, then there would be opportunities to, to come. And as I said, the sponsorship side of things, you know, please contest, contact us directly with it.
1: Yeah. Well, um, Paul, really good to hear from you. And also, if you've if you've never listened to Paul's podcast that we recorded back end of last year, scroll back down the feed because there's some, some great stories, just me, you and Chris in a conversation, and it's fantastic. So definitely have a listen to that. If you want some proper Barmy Army tales, that's on our podcast feed. Lydia, really good to talk to you as well. And um, enjoy your quiet winter. <laughs> yes,
3: we will do. You can't, let, you
1: can't let Lydia go
4: without asking her who the new head coach is going to be. Come on. <laughs> who do well, you reckon?
1: Who is it going to be, Lydia? Because I didn't really want to put you on the spot, because I thought you probably yeah, might be Yeah, on the
4: spot.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, all no, right then. It, it's um well, I mean the front runner until she ruled herself out was Sharda Edwards. Um, mm. she was the name that everyone was talking about. Um, then there's some other names that have been thrown around. Sally Ann Briggs, who is over in Tassie, she's an, an English coach, but she's just taken on a new role over there as their head of performance um Mm. so there's people who you would think might apply for it but um they've sort of ruled themselves out so I would I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone who comes across from the men's game um that wouldn't surprise me um uh but yeah I'm really interested to to see who who it will be and I've seen they saw um they appointed Matt Mason recently as the the bowling coach so um yeah I think that that's a great appointment
1: certainly Hey, we'll have to wait and see. We'll get yeah. you back. On. We'll get you back on in a week. And, and they be being place
4: for that um, Ashes Test match as well. You know, there's a the women's Test match at Trent Bridge next summer. Yeah, similar yeah. times and yeah. the men's stuff. Will they Will they take that role as well as the coach, or will it just be for T Twenty mm. and fifty over?
3: I think it will be an um, uh, all inclusive role, just because. Well, with the women's game, as you know, there's not a huge amount of Test cricket played. Um, So, yeah, I think anyone who comes on will be doing the the full Monty, so to speak.
1: That's a good point, actually. I mean, that that Asher's Summer is going to look so it's going to be brilliant because they're kind of amalgamating everything into one, aren't they? Again, you know, kind of taking that Australian model and kind of make it run alongside in in a way. It's pretty unprecedented, that. I mean, you must love it, Lydia. But part of me also wonders if you're a bit... You're thinking, why didn't they do that when I was playing? (laughs)
3: Yeah, no, to, to be honest, I, I'm not envious in any way because I played in an era where we sort of went through all the changes and I had a bit of an um, experience of playing professional cricket for a couple of years, but I think the pressure now the players are under with social media and, and things like that is, mm-hmm. is another level, but yeah, it's going back to the Ashes series um, and the, the way that they're promoting it, I think it removes any sort of gender it's it doesn't matter yeah. if it's the women or the men, it's just cricket. And if you're a genuine cricket fan, then um I'm sure people will be getting behind both both men and women's teams, which is is great.
4: There's plenty so, of uh, there's plenty of tickets available at that Trent Bridge test match as well in the Barmy Army yeah. area. So we're really trying to I mean, watching, you know, somebody like Sophie Eccleston Bowl and Izzy Wong steaming, it's uh it's good, it's quality stuff, honestly. It's uh, yeah. let's hope we get a, uh, you know, some, a big contingent of army armies down there.
1: I think there will be. Trent Bridge is a great ground for it oh, to be held as well. Yeah. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Um, Lydia, Paul, thanks so much for talking to us both. Um, like I said, Lydia, enjoy your quiet winter. Paul, where are you off to next? Are you uh, are you winter touring anywhere?
4: I'm um, going out to Brazil with with Mrs. B. Um, so we're going out for a family Christmas and New Year and, and very much involved with Cricket Brazil, as you know. Yeah. So we'll be going off to Passos, where there's more kids that play cricket than football and spending Fantastic. time there and then moving around Brazil. So looking forward to it.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Stay tuned for next week's podcast. Um, we'll obviously be talking a little bit more about the upcoming World Cup, which will be underway actually when we release our podcast, England playing on Saturday in Perth against Afghanistan in their opener of that T20 World Cup. And we'll uh, talk to you again soon on the Shackles of Rock podcast.
3: Podcast Network.